Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Fake Nerd Podcast. I'm Brandon T. McClure. With me this week is just Ben Magnet. Yeah, How we're alone. Doing? How you doing, buddy? We're still alone. This takes me back, though. There's no one else here. This is it's kind of weird. I'm so used to having uh, Sparks and Ryan here, but now it's just the two of us like it was in the first few days. First two episodes. First two episodes. Yeah, first two episodes. Yeah. Uh, All two of them. <laughs> we don't uh, we don't often do this, but yeah, no. due to extraneous circumstances like work, yeah. uh, Ryan and Sparks had to be called away. Well, it is a holiday. So it is a holiday. And unfortunately, Mike Matola as well had to be called away. Yeah. And uh, due to our work schedules, we couldn't go to the art gallery opening yesterday. And yeah. I was very upset. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's use that word. That That's how that's how I was on a Saturday. I mean, we uh, it's the holidays. Everyone's working late hours, long oh. hours. Uh, I know you alone work 12 hours shifts now through the holidays. Uh, I get lucky. I get by with 10, but all the people below me, they have, they're have they forced to work 12-hour shifts. Yeah. It's, it's horrible. The, uh, the film industry is getting ready for its two-week-long hiatus. So they're trying to get everything out there. Let's get let's get get me my film. Let's let's mm-hmm. do it. So we're mm-hmm. sh- we're doing a lot. Uh, we're in overdrive at work as well. Yeah. Uh, but other than work, how was your week, Ben? Uh, other than work, other than work, we well, know you, we know you hate it. <laughs> I know, I know. It's like it's it's like take a shot whenever Ben says how much he hates his job. Um, besides that, I'm actually in a really great mood because I finally got my hands on quite possibly the best Smash Brothers game ever made. It came out this week. Fanny got it. Smash Mouth. Thank you. Oh no, no, not Smash Mouth. Smash Bros. Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, and it is amazing. It's so good. I yeah, love that good. game. That's good to hear. Oh yeah, I'm gonna gush about. I'm gonna gush about it later. But sure. Oh man. Uh, yeah, I um customarily saw three films this this week. Nice. Um, I'll start with Widows, mm-hmm. which is a um I believe a adaptation of a of a miniseries from the BBC, from the BBC, uh, by the guy who did Twelve Years a Slave. Mm-hmm. Very good. Um, it's got a great cast. Uh, I was really I really liked it. That was one of my one one of the best films. Um, Green Book, which is Viggo Mortensen and Mahershala Ali. That was really great. Um, I really liked that one. But the standout for me this week was Anna and the Apocalypse. Now, for those at home who don't know what Anna and Apocalypse is, please explain. Because so Anna and the Apocalypse is a zombie Christmas musical. Yeah. And that's exactly what it is. It's billed as, as, billed as that, and it pretends to be... Nothing else but that. <laughs> that is awesome. It's uh, and not just like a sad, somber Christmas mu- musical. It is an like, upbeat musical. Upbeat, like uh, that scene from Teen Titans Go, where it's like upbeat, inspirational song about life. Uh, kind of, although they're not inspirational songs about life. True. Uh, it is. It is still very emotional. The characters are really, are really good. The music is great. I think um, it's. It was labeled. One of the reviewers, which they use on the poster, uh, says La La Land meets Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> uh, I I think it is better than La La Land. Oh but wow. Uh, not as good as Shaun of the Dead. Ooh, that's a... Uh, Shaun a, of the Dead is a high bar to get to. Yeah. That's, that is a good movie. You've seen that one, right? Uh, I've seen bits and pieces, not the whole Buddy, thing. Buddy, you got to see Shaun of the Dead. So I've been told... It's weird because I've seen all of Hot Fuzz. It's one of my favorite movies. I love At the World's End, which is not one of my favorites, but I, I Just called it. World's End. At World's End. Oh, that, End. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the Sorry. Pirates of the Sorry. Caribbean movie. Sorry. Oh, God. No, 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 no. Not that one. Not that one. Hey, I oh, like wait, that no. movie. No, World's End is the good one. Or a good one. I good, like that movie. Good-ish. I personally like that movie a lot. I was thinking of Dead Man's Chest. That's the one that no, not Dead Man's Chest. That's the one's okay. Fudge. What was the, what was five? Pirates five. Dead that, Man Tell No Tales. That sucky one. There you we go. Got there eventually. Got there eventually. No, but World's End, the uh, Coronado trilogy. That one's a good one. Um, 
Hot Fuzz is my favorite. Just I don't know. I just really enjoy Hot Fuzz. Um, but yeah, and the Apocalypse. I need when you told you were playing some of the music for me. I was like, don't mind me. Yeah, <laughs> no, you're playing. We ran. We were like hanging out today, running a few errands here and there. And you're yeah, playing. Yeah, we don't get just hanging out you and I anymore. No, and but you were playing me some of the the music in the car. I'm sitting there going. And there's zombies, right? There's like yeah. So it's it, it is a full on zombie apocalypse. Uh, the kids are very self aware. So you know, it's one of the few zombie movies where they call them zombies. Uh huh. Thank God. That always drives me crazy. When it's they not don't. like get the walkers. Well, it's 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 uh, the conceit of a zombie apocalypse film is that they live in a world where zombies don't where they don't have zombie movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just kind of like Walking Dead lives in a world where Night of the Living Dead was never made. Okay. They're like things like that. Uh, whereas this one, is, there's like a line where it's like, hey man, zombies exist, right? How cool is that? <laughs> it's like the, there's that, they're trying to diffuse the tension. It is still, it is an upbeat musical. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is, it's got wonderful songs, wonderful performances. Uh, I didn't love it the first, uh, the, when I first saw it, but it's really sat well with me. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of like, um, it's like a fine wine. Oh. It kind of, uh, I don't know if that's an apt description, but the more I think about it, the more I listen to the soundtrack, the more I'm like, that, that, this movie's great. It's a lot of fun. It's really good. Uh, it's got a super limited limited uh, release mm-hmm. in America right now. It's a British film. Okay. So if you can see it, which I understand a lot of people might not be able to, mm-hmm. if you can see it, definitely do. Uh, it is it is a, it is a fun one. I like that one a lot. Like if you have a chance to see an apocalypse, go see that. Yeah. Otherwise, wait for the DVD. Yeah. Because I I do I do know that you know it's it's only playing one theater nearby. Really? Where, where where we are where we are recording right now? Huh. Um, might be playing at the Landmark actually. If you're in LA, it's at Century City. It's at Century City 15. Hmm. Uh, so definitely uh, go check that one out if you can. But yeah, that one is that one might be on my top five of the year. Really? Spoiler alert. Okay. Um, other than that, I finished Digimon Tamers, and my God, that show is great. Awesome. That show is, wow. I mean, I like we've we've. I did a whole episode of interview with the nerd about how much I like Digimon Adventures. I listened to that. It was a really good episode. Oh, thank you. I appreciate hey, that. Hey, Richard, invite me on for Sonic the Hedgehog, please. Who said that? I didn't say that. Who said that? No, Richard, you definitely should get Ben on. Um, <laughs> we, uh, but we gushed about it, and I got to talk a little bit about Digimon Tamers, and I think that Digimon Tamers is the better season of Digimon. You're tell- on the way to the comic story, you were telling me about that, how Digimon Tamers... It's, it's it- heartfelt. It teaches um, really adult messages of loss and regret and uh growing up and like harsh lessons uh and through lovecraftian horror i think i could hear ryan somewhere perking up a little bit ryan ryan i remember has seen digimon tamers um i don't remember i think he always intended to go back but i don't remember how much he he did anyway yeah that was basically my week yeah, well, I would uh, stretch on Digimon Tamers a little bit because I remember when Digimon Tamers came out. Oh my God, it's just you and I. We can just gab about Digimon for a hot second. All right, let's do this. Cause, That's awesome. So when I was younger, Digimon Tamers was one of those things where, because I just got done with watching Digimon Adventures two, yeah. and I was like, all right, cool. That's it. The story's done. They have an ending, and I didn't realize what it was because I was like, what? I was like eleven, twelve ish. I was in elementary school. I was young, and then. On Fox, I'm watching Fox Kids, and they have a um, preview for Digimon Tamers. I'm thinking, oh, it's a new Digimon, but no Ty, no Izzy, no Davis, no Sora. None of the guys I knew exist. You named the generation, the first generation kids, and then you throw Davis in there. That's really weird. You named like no Kari, no you, TK. You There's na- two. I could cheat. Tar- Kari, Kari and TK. I could cheat. Shut up. I'll give it to you, but I'm no not Cody. happy about that. No Cody. And what's the girl's name? Um, 
Oh, shit. I don't remember either. <laughs> Holly? No. No, it's Holly? not. Holly? No. Shit. Oh, Jolie. Jolie! Ah! We got yeah. it. Yeah, she had the coke glasses and she marries Ken. Ha! I do remember them all. She does marry Ken. Well, before they did the reboot for a try or something, I don't know. Yeah, that could still happen. That The far future thing could still happen. Yeah, ho- hopefully, because I kind of do like those two together. No Anyways. spoilers for Digimon Try, uh, future. Avengers Try Future, which we is the sixth movie. It. We have not seen it. We haven't seen it. Um, I have it. It's literally on my desk right now, and I haven't watched it yet. Pause and watch it. No, no I have to wait. <laughs> I have to wait. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So, Digimon Tamers sadly fell into the thing of the people I knew weren't there. Because whereas Digimon Adventure Two, they sit, they still brought in Ty, Izzy, all the original Digidestined, but they're like, hey, here's these new kids, but the old kids still have play, such as the whole arc with Ken, the Digimon Emperor, trying to make Agumon evolve into a virus version of Metal Greymon. Whereas this yeah. one, where they're like, hey, the Digimon you know is a card game, and this is cartoon. Just like, no, or a cartoon. They, they, a- the, idea, the, cons- the idea of Digimon Tamers is that the first two seasons exist in mm-hmm. this world as yeah. a TV show, and this is the quote-unquote real world. Yeah. So it fell, it fell under the banner of, it's still Digimon, but it's not the Digimon you know. And for me, being a little kid, I was like, well, it's not the people I know. So I'm not going to watch this. Yeah, and it's and I don't know if I did as well. I do know I watched the entire series, um, but I also had a had a hard time because you like what well, this isn't Digimon. I don't know what is going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, unpopular opinion. I'll die on this hill. It's better than Adventures. Like go I, die on that hill, dude. I will. Uh, I I will. I will sing that tune till till the cows come home. Okay. Uh, I think what we're seeing in Try comes from tamers a lot of what happens has happening in try is from tamers yeah like the themes that tamers dealt with are being co-opted for try and there's nothing wrong with that that's, mm-hmm. that's something that they should do try definitely dealt with uh with law with loss better they were characters that could die mm-hmm. like the they, these digimon never came back if they died they never came back and it taught people that grief it is okay to feel bad it is okay mm-hmm. to have grief and to wallow in it but you need to push out of it or else a giant monster, Lovecraftian monster will eat up an entire city. <laughs> That's the lesson, right? That's how it works? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, it's great. I, I really, really liked Digimon right. Adventures Try. Uh, right. Digimon Try. Ah, Digimon Tamers. Digimon Tamers. There you go. All right, so you got to gab about Digimon for a bit. I wanted to, I've been dying to gab about Super Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. So Super Smash Brothers Ultimate came out. Um, and Bread and Butter. No, I'm kidding. You dick. I'm kidding, buddy. You always do this. Every time I start talking, you You o- opened up the build. Okay, go. <laughs> Please. Um, so remember a few months ago when we first got, we saw the trailer at E3 for Smash yeah. Bros. Ultimate. Well, and, really uh, cool. Well, and uh, S- um, Sparks and Ryan were like, yeah, this looks like a port. And I'm just like sitting there like fighting. It's like, it's not a port. It's a whole new game. Well, I think the fear, the fear. Yeah, that was the for fear the, for their to their benefit. Mm-hmm. Like, not to. I mean, they're not here to defend themselves. No. But their fear was founded. Yeah. Because a lot of Switch games and a lot of Wii U games, like this. Well, ha- a lot of Wii U games were ported for the Switch because they didn't sell. That's on what I'm. The, that's what I'm. The Wii that's U. what I was saying. So a lot of Switch games, a lot of Wii U games, a lot of Wii games, a lot of those were ports. Yes. Like a lot of what Nintendo's been doing have been ports either mm-hmm. because they're not selling. You put it on a different console. Mm-hmm. Um, the fear was that the that the only thing new mm-hmm. would be like, hey, we have every character now, every fighter that you had from every Smash from the first one to yeah, up to so then the like, last generation. So what they were saying, and I, this is not my argument. I've never played these games, uh, only in passing, uh, is that well, 
I don't want a port. I want a new game. Right. And to to again their credit, mm-hmm. once we see the trailer, the trailer that dropped like two weeks ago, the very first trailer that dropped was just, "Hey, we have every fighter ever." No, but I'm talking about the it. one that, that happened a couple weeks ago uh-huh. when we see Kirby and and uh, being the, the hero, world of, the, the, the world of light trailer. Yeah. yeah. To their credit, completely changed their tune. Mm-hmm. That's when we realized it's not a port. This is a brand new game. Right. Now to reiterate i have yet to play or to start playing world of light all i've been doing with my smash bros is just playing um classic arcade was classic mode and just just fighting computer characters just just to get a feel for it just to remember how playing smash was like and dude there are so so many little tiny um hints and nuances to other games of the crossover that are in smash than i could have ever imagined that's cool so so like when you first start smash bros you only have eight characters and you so you play a few rounds with those eight characters about 10 minutes in a new challenger will appear and you fight the challenger you beat him you unlock him and so on and so forth it's always it's completely random you have no idea who it's going to be so people have like said oh there's like a little cheat chart chart that you can try to get to uh, um figure out who you're going to unlock based on which character. So far, my experience is like it helps a little bit, but mostly it's random. Sure. And when people think about classic mode, they think, oh, it's just like the original Smash games. You just like fight like four or five fighters, and then you fight the master hand or crazy hand, depending on how hard the saying is. Yeah, sure, whatever. That's not how it is anymore. They change it up. Each little um, fighter you pick has their own like little story arc or whatever. So let me explain. So say you play... So Have you not been explaining this whole time? Shush. I'm confused. <laughs> so each thing is a little different. So, Brandon, you've played Smash Bros. before, right? At least once in your life? Look, I, I played it. I played like party mode and we've been hanging out. We've played a little bit. Yeah. Well, you know that in oh, Smash Bros. is not like a regular fighting game where there's no health bar, there's just damage percentage, and the higher it is, the more likely you're smashed off the board, right? Oh, is that what that's for? Yeah. I literally just found this out now. You seriously did not know that? Yeah. Okay. Well, in this one there's an option to change it so you do have like it's not technically a health bar but it's like you have like 150 health points or hit points essentially cool cool cool. so say you were to pick ryu from street fighter you unlocked him you want to play him in classic mode all the stages are simple stages there's no hazards there's no anything and it's just a regular omega battle stage with the street fighter music and you fight someone else with hit points there's no it takes like you're playing a street fighter game but it's the smash bros equivalent I thought that was a nice little touch. When I played as Mega Man for Mega Man's classic mode, the final like the final boss wasn't Master Hand or um, a Crazy Hand. It was Dr. Mario. That's cool. Yeah, because, you know, Dr. Wily, Dr. Mario. Mm-hmm. And after I beat Dr. Mario, Mewtwo pops up because at the end of Mega Man 2, after you beat Dr. Wily, there's this like random alien that shows out of anywhere, which is really Dr. Wily just trying to mess with you, and you get to fight him too. So... This game knows all like the little nuances from all their different characters, and and it just it makes me happy because they know the details. And if you know them, you're gonna get them, and you're gonna love it. That's cool. It feels like there's actually some love put into this game. Oh yeah, uh, we did promise a short episode for these people. Oh uh, uh, yeah, we did. So we should move. We should move on to our bread and butter. And here's your bread and your butter. Here's your bread and butter. Hey, okay, not in my ear. Thank you. Well, speaking of video games, however, we are starting with the Video Game Awards. Woo! Uh, the ones off, that actually mattered. I'm looking at you going joysticks. I don't understand that reference. No, there's a, a, 
a few weeks ago that there's another award show called the Golden Joysticks, mm-hmm. and they picked Fortnite as Game of the Year, which is that Battle Royale game that everyone's talking about. What's Fortnite? It's just like a multiplayer, 100 people drop in on island, and they have to kill each other. Last one standing wins. I literally don't care. Exactly. Um, yeah, so the Video Game Awards were uh, this last week. Uh, the cool thing about that is that... Uh, game of the year went to god of war yeah we did a special on that one check that one out if you if you guys care um but some news dropped about that we're going to talk about a couple of them Mm because really you and i only care about a couple about a handful yeah Uh, ryan will ryan and sparks probably care about a few of them but sadly they're not here right uh so mortal kombat 11 oh yeah uh i'm a i'm a i'm a ancillary fan of the mortal kombat franchise i was about to say you're not a big mortal kombat fan no but i do like it like i've Mm -hmm. always i it, it's one of those things where I want to play the games, but I just I just don't find the time or, or yeah. the money to, to do it. I understand. Um, I really wanted to play nine, mm-hmm. and it, now we're on eleven. So I'm like, <laughs> well, shit. Um, it's a, it's just kind of on my list. Yeah. But I do like the Mortal Kombat games. I like the lore of Mortal Kombat. I played a couple of my. Um, I played Shaolin monks. I played mm-hmm. Deadly Alliance. Like I've I played a couple of of the of the of the of the games. You know, one and two. Obviously, I played on uh, arcades and things yeah. like that. Uh, but yeah, the new Mortal Kombat 11, which is the sequel to 10, continuing mm-hmm. the new timeline from 9. 10 or X or however people want to call 10. it. They're yeah. calling this one 11. It's ca- the last one's 10. Yeah. Um, and that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the trailer is pretty light on story, uh, but we do see Raiden get his ass handed to I him. don't know if it's a Raiden or it looks like a dark Raiden. Yeah, he's got the red electricity instead yeah, of blue. But, then, but you see a, scor- a, a version of Scorpion, and then you see another version, which is like classic, classic more classic Scorpion. And of course, you get the famous "Get over here!" Now, yeah, that leads me to wonder: Are we dealing with parallel universes in this one? I don't know because we've always like they've like Outworld and Earth and all these places. They're they're worlds, they're mm-hmm. universes, but it, there's not like universes where other versions of other people exist. Yeah, I don't think they've ever done something like that in the Mortal Kombat franchise. This could be them doing it, mm-hmm. and I wonder if Shao Kahn is the villain in this one. Because we see him, he's the DLC unlock. Well, he's a pre-order um, bonus. Yeah, so I wonder if Shao Kahn is the main villain. Because I, I think Quan Chi was the villain the last one. And again, I have not played it, so correct me if I'm wrong. The last, I do, because I have Mortal Kombat XL, or 10 large, which includes all the DLC characters yeah. and everything. All I've done is just play multiplayer, which is me versus gotta Fanny. Play, gotta play that, that, uh, that single player, man. Once again, dude, not enough time. And also, Smash Bros., You've had this game for a lot longer than you've had Smash Brothers. True, very true. Or Smash Mallet, but also, call it. well, also it's uh, it's it's a digital copy, so out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, that happens to me a lot. Like I have Witcher and Shadow, Witcher Three and Shadow of the Colossus to play still. Oh, I have Shadow of the Colossus too. Yeah, but you have physical. I have. I, I have to keep reminding myself. I yeah, have. Yeah, I, I need physical copies, or else I forget about them. But going back to Mortal Kombat 11, it was just an announcement trailer. It was bloody. It was gory. It's cool. We got, we got the Scorpion line. The fatalities look awesome. It's going to look pretty. Yeah, a new Mortal Kombat game should be really exciting. Maybe this time I'll finally catch up. <laughs> I know, right? Um, Super Smash Brothers. Uh, speaking of, we yeah. have an announcement of a DLC character. The first official DLC character. I'm not counting Piranha Plant because Piranha Plant is this whole little thing. But don't know what that means, but okay. Don't worry about it. Um, so the first official, because when Nintendo, right before the game released, Nintendo said there will be five more DLC characters to be released sometime in the coming year. How restrictive of them. Yeah, Restraint full of them. <laughs> I know, That's right? Yeah. So the first character we're going to get as a DLC character, which I'm going to get because I did buy the Fire Pass for my copy of the game, 
Nice. Is Joker from Persona Five, whom I believe is the main character. Please don't yell at me. I haven't played Persona Five yet. It's on my list. Yeah, neither have I. This is kind of a, this is this is where I'm in uncharted waters. I'm very excited for a yeah. lot of these announcements because mm-hmm. other people are, uh, but I really don't have a lot to say about these. Well, Persona Five is this big, huge RPG that hit the PlayStation a while ago. People are could not talk about how much they love this game. It's probably it's one probably going to be a contender for game of the year in certain some circles besides God of War. God of War is game of the year. Well, according to Game Awards. How many more video game awards are there? Like you got like Game Informer or magazines and other shit like that. Wait, but the only one that matters is God of War. <laughs> no, the only one that matters is the video game awards, right? That's the one that it's like the Oscars. The Golden Globes don't matter, it's the Oscars that matter. Right? Isn't that how it works? It's not refined as a movie industry dude, remember? Okay, but like how do we get Game of the Year editions? Is that from the Video Game Award? Does that uh, do they do Game of the Year editions because of the Video Game Awards? They do Game of the Year editions just because, just because. If like some people say no, this is Game of the Year, they be like, hey, we'll put out a Game of the Year edition. It's bullshit. Mm-hmm. God of War for everything. Yeah, God of War for everything. Whatever. I, I agree, but Persona Five coming to Smash Bros. Sweet, awesome. Another new character. Can't wait. Uh, and then Crash. Um, what's it called? Oh, uh, Crash, Crash Team, Racing. Team Racing. This is the one I was most excited about because when I was a little kid and I had my PlayStation, Crash Team Racing was one of my favorite kart games. Because this did, is a remaster. This is a remaster. Much like the Insane Trilogy. Yes, this is a remaster. It's the original game, revved up, multiplayer, split-screen multiplayer, just like Mario Kart. So, oh, I cannot wait. I was awesome at Crash Team Racing you told when I was a kid. Me, you told me that Crash is no longer owned by Naughty Dog. No, he is not. I I remember correctly, I could be wrong on this, but the rights were sold from, because I think Universal and Naughty Dog owned the rights to him, but then Naughty Dog let the rights go to Universal, and then Universal just let the rights go to, I think, Acclaim. Um, no, Activision. Activision has them now, so that's why they're able to put out these uh, remastered trilogies. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that that's, that's why Spyro? Also yeah. gets remastered, mm-hmm. and uh, well, there's a Jack and Daxter uh, collection. I don't think it's being put up by Naughty Dog, but I do think it's part of. I think Naughty Dog is doing it. I like they're, they're don't know because these aren't remasterings. They're just putting out the PS3 remaster that they put out a couple years ago. Is the same? This well, the technically, same it is a remaster because they're upping the graphics for a PlayStation 4. Hardware. No, they're not. Oh, it's the PlayStation 3 remasters. Oh, it's they they're just re-releasing the PlayStation 3 remasters as a collection. Okay, as a as like a complete collection that comes with like. A, playing cards and things like that oh, which i have the playstation 3 masters it's pretty mm-hmm. cool uh i liked it a lot yes uh i really like jack and the extra man the heyday of me playing video games you know one time i wanted to be a video game uh uh developer really yeah wow i really liked video games at one time I, was... I, I had a switch to the game informer and everything nice the uh, dark days i call them <laughs> um <laughs> no man i was really into games before about before um playstation 3 Really? Yeah, that's kind of when I start. That's when I I, I kind of transitioned. I kind of dropped off video games for a while. It wasn't until I played um Zelda: Link Between Worlds where I just dove headfirst into video games again, and then I got my PS4 and just everything spiraled out of control I from there. PS4. Um, so Crash Team Racing, that's exciting. Well, it's exciting for me because you, I know you've never played it. I mean, I'll play it with you probably. Okay, sweet. Marvel Ultimate Alliance Three: The Black Order, which is going to switch, which is a Switch exclusive, mm-hmm. and uh, the new Marvel, uh, the latest Marvel Ultimate Alliance in ten years. Yeah, because I remember people talking about Marvel Ultimate Alliance Two and how it was. I think it, if I, I never played these games before, but I heard that they were really good games. Yeah, and, this is kind of again where we're 
in Uncharted Waters. Ryan, very excited about this one, mm-hmm. so it's unfortunate that he couldn't be here, uh, but we could at least mention it. The game is about a race across the Marvel Universe to find the Infinity Stones before Thanos and the Black Order uh, use them to unleash cosmic chaos. The trailer looks really cool. Mm-hmm. You get a lot of uh, cool characters, Steve Steve Bloom as Wolverine, which mm-hmm. I thought was fun. I you get him. all factions of Marvel. You get the Cosmic, you get the Avengers, you get the X-Men, so... The uh, a quote from from um, I don't remember who wrote the quote, but they released a quote. Uh, the Marvel Ultimate Alliance series returns for the first time in ten years with a new action RPG exclusively on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, on the Nintendo Switch system, assemble your ultimate team of Marvel superheroes from a huge cast, including the Avengers, the Guardians of the Galaxy, the X Men, and more. Team up with friends to prevent galactic devastation at the hands of the mad cosmic tyrant Thanos and his ruthless war masters, the Black Order. So that movie's really. They're really getting some traction on the Black Order these days. Oh, yeah, they are. Uh, All right, what do you say we move on to other things? Let's go on. Men in Black International. That's what it's called? Yeah, so last week we got a a title and announcement of the new Men in Black movie starring uh, Tessa Thompson and uh, Chris Hemsworth. Sweet. As Agent M and H. Nice. Uh, It is called Men in Black International. Okay. And the reason why I bring this up now is because we have a synopsis. Ooh. The men in black have always protected the earth from the scum of the universe. In this new adventure, they tackle their biggest, most global threat to date, a mole in the M- in the men in black organization. I'm looking forward to this. Yep. I'm, I am looking forward to this. Uh, Sony, I don't like to see movie studios do poorly. I know Sony's, Sony did really poorly in the last couple of years, mm-hmm. uh, but it really looks like unfortunately with venom uh it really looks like they are on a upswing and i'm i'm excited to be looking forward to some of the films they're putting out well it's funny because venom was a well for me venom was a downswing i we did not enjoy venom all that much but no but i'm looking at i was talking about critically i'm talking about financially they're making money again oh yeah and venom uh hurts that it has made more money than wonder woman Mm mm-hmm that sucks but with all the buzz that spire versus game they're saying it's the best spider-man thing since ever yeah, I'm really looking forward to Spider-Verse. Uh, again, it's good to be excited for, for a Sony film again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish they would back away from the Marvel live-action stuff, but they're clearly not, and uh, we should all be worried about that because it could mean no more Peter Parker in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. No. I don't want to push that too far because yeah, I don't know a whole lot about that, but it is a little worrying. Yeah. But, hey, animated Spider-Man movie. Yeah. To be and, hey, Men in Black sounds great. Can't wait. I'm so excited for those. Men those in Black two had um, Tessa Thompson. Liam Neeson's in this one. That's I'm right, in. he is. I'm so in. Rebecca Ferguson is in this one. I don't know that one. Rebecca Ferguson. Uh, you mm. seen Men in Black? Yeah. Nope. Not that one. You seen Mission Impossible? Have you seen any of the Mission Impossible films? Two and three. Okay. Not those. <laughs> <laughs> if you, uh, that's not her. That's Emily Blunt. I, it's really funny watching your face like, hmm, how do I... How about we you've just... You've seen her in movies. Okay, I probably have. But let's just say that I cannot wait because I love the chemistry that Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth had in Thor Ragnarok. I like Tessa Thompson so a lot. So I cannot wait to see these two um, get that great banter again in uh, Men in Black. Yeah. Uh, it's nice to see Chris Hemsworth uh, having a fun career, mm-hmm. uh, really going out of his way to you know really going balls in, I think. Yeah. It's a horrible saying. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on. We're almost done with the news seg- segment. Like I said, it's going to be a little short episode because it is just the two of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, just we, the two of us. There were some more trailers, but we are going to push them to next week, such as the Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame trailer. Yeah, sure. Those things that didn't break the internet. Uh, we were talking about them next week because I want a full crew when we do because uh, the 
I'm sure Sparks and Ryan have a lot to say about them. And also Kingdom Hearts 3 dropped their um, their opening movie trailer, so it's not the whole thing. So I want to talk to Sparks about that. Yeah, but we're probably not going to talk about it on the show, are we? Why not? Why, yes. Talk about it later. Yeah. Um, Brightburn. Which oh, is yeah. The, which is the one that took a lot of people by surprise. This is the Sony film that Sony was supposed to debut at Comic-Con. Uh, before the James Gunn scandal happened. Mm-hmm. This is James Gunn's horror movie from Sony. Mm-hmm. It is a basically what if Superman was a horror movie. Yeah. And it has a lot of the similar imagery from Man of Steel. Um, the it, swing set. The swing set. It, it's got um, Elizabeth Banks as the mother, basically Ma Kent, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, their alien son who has superpowers, and it turns not so great. No. And I think this movie looks awesome. I'm really looking forward to this one. Yeah, what I like is because um, you you always see like where Superman's just floating. You see like the red eyes, like his heat vision. I don't know if it's heat vision or what it is. It just looks creepy. Yeah, I don't think they are. I don't think they are shying away from this is Superman as a horror movie. Yeah, and I don't think they should. No, of course not. Because it's one of those things. Is like, hey, that'd be a really good what if story. But DC is probably never going to do it. No, probably not. Uh, even Red Sun, like Superman's always got to be portrayed in a certain light. Yeah. And uh, even then, he was like, he was, yeah, sure, he was the leader of the Soviet Union, but he was still kind of a good guy. He was guy. a Nazi and kind of a good guy. Well, if he wasn't a Nazi, he was just this communist. He was a Nazi in Earth X. Oh, yeah, that one, that one. Yeah, he was a Nazi. There is a world where he is a Nazi. Yep. Um, oh, wait, Sam? no, that one, he is a villain. He is a, yeah. he is a villain. But one. still. Either like, way, but they would never make a horror no, Superman movie. No, um, Yeah, this one is very interesting to me. I would be curious to know if it's based off a comic. I don't think it is. But the symbol is very... Mm-hmm. This is produced by James Gunn. is not directed by James Gunn. I forget. It's David something. Uh, I forgot the director's name. But this looks pretty good. I'm yeah. looking forward to this one a lot. I mean, you know me. I've somehow started liking horror movies now. And this one actually looks pretty pretty scary. You see a couple good horror movies and you're going to like some horror movies. Yeah. Go watch The Conjuring. No. If you want to be scared shit, let's watch The Conjuring. <laughs> I want to sleep. Uh, I do want to do an episode on the Conjuring film, so sorry, buddy. Oh, God. Can we do it with the lights on at least? No, we're going to podcast with the lights off. I was talking about watching the no, movie. We were, no, no, no. We have now committed to talking about the Conjuring films with the lights off. Oh, no. This is your doing. Congratulations. No. <laughs> Why? I mean, I guess that when the audience wouldn't give a shit. Cause they no, can't, they, can't, they, they can't see us. They can only hear us. Uh, <laughs> it's just going to be Ben like, I'm so scared. Um... I, we that's the only real trailer that dropped this week. There is a Watership Down trailer, but we're not gonna we don't need to talk about that. Uh, but there is one that I want to I guys want you to be aware of. There is a TV series coming out where Steve Buscemi plays God and Daniel Radcliffe plays an angel. Yeah, that it's called Miracle Workers. Uh, it's got a thirty second teaser online. Uh, it's gonna be a TBS event series. This looks pretty funny. Should t- should look out for that one. I really want to watch this now. Just, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Just just by the interaction between Daniel Radcliffe and Steve Buscemi, I'm like, really, Steve Buscemi's God? That's Steve awesome. Steve Buscemi is hilarious, and I l- I love seeing Daniel Radcliffe in anything. By mm-hmm. the way, did you know that Rupert Grint has a Netflix TV series? Really? Yeah, with what? Nick Frost. I did not know that. Yeah, it's supposed to. I don't know how good it is, but yeah, he's he's got a career again. I guess. Good. He's, he should he should have the, one. He's one of the, the he's one of the few Harry Potter actors that didn't have a career after Harry Potter. Kind of a bummer, isn't it? I mean, he's not the best one. Uh, Emma Watson's the best actor, actor to come out of that crew. True. I mean, Danny Radcliffe, done, don't get me wrong, Danny Radcliffe has done some incredible stuff uh-huh. since Harry Potter, and so has Emma Watson, but I think Emma Watson is the better actress. Okay. 
Um, anyway, that's really it. We yeah. don't really have a whole lot more because we don't have a lot of opinions on the, the other things that came out. No. We're not Sparks and Ryan. No. <laughs> um, and, also, and also, we've kind of been trapped. Yeah, really. Anyway. That's gonna that's gonna be it for our new segment. Let's mm-hmm. get into our main topic. Holy crap, that was quick. Was that ten minutes? All right, Ben. Well, this was your topic idea, so why don't you introduce it? Thank you. Well, with all the um, with with a bunch of um films doing stuff that's nostalgia with re- with a bunch of films doing remakes, and also even with a bunch of games with remasterings, um, co- companies releasing older products, brands making new again. I wanted to talk about nostalgia, specifically nostalgia where it happens in the right way and nostalgia when it happens in the wrong way. Like, um, Brandon, you love talk telling me about Ray Player One and how it is like, look at all this stuff we have. Look at all this. Like, look at how we're referencing this stuff. Where it's like, it's nostalgic, sure, but at the same time, that nostalgia sometimes can hurt the movie. Well, or it can Yeah, hurt- what I think you're talking about actually is... The idea that nostalgia is the reason why it's good. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people get into this problem. Like, Ready Player One is definitely my first example. Uh, Kim Possible just released a new trailer this week. Okay. Um, the, well, the first trailer for the live action Kim Possible TV mm-hmm. movie. Not a remake of the cartoon. It is a remake of the cartoon. Damn it. It's a t- TV movie based off the cartoon. Oh. It's early Kim Possible. She's 16 again. Anyway, right. uh, sobering thought that actress was born the year that Kim Possible started. Ah, I was twelve. I, I saw that tweet. And I was like, "Oh man, yeah, that, okay." That really rustled my feathers. Mm-hmm. Look, I think that Kim Possible is doing nostalgia wrong. So, okay. what you ha- what the problem that you have? Disney walks the line of doing nostalgia right and nostalgia wrong. Mm-hmm. I think they kind of get mixed up in the idea. You need to bring something new, right, to appease the audience that you want to regain, but also keep the classics keep keep a classic so i think kim possible is actually doing it poorly only in the trailer i saw i saw this um so i'm not going to hold to this opinion uh i'm not going to watch this movie but i do feel if they cast an older actress Mm -hmm. maybe 20s maybe 18 but an older actress set the series after the show then you could have a movie where the older fans could have some value in it and mm-hmm. show their kids. Because right now, let me tell you, everybody who watched Kim Possible is not that demographic. No. Every, your, the demographic that this movie is hitting is it has no idea what de- what Kim Possible is. They've mm-hmm. not seen Kim Possible. They, they, they are feeling... Disney is banking on the name recognition of Kim Possible to an audience that has never heard of Kim Possible. Right. So that's that's where nostalgia is, I think, wrong. Mm-hmm. You need to do something else. Mm-hmm. Voltron, I think, is nostalgic and it brings the franchise into a new into a new thing. Uh, I think you know, much in the way that Transformers Prime and Thundercats also did when they rebooted Thundercats. Mm-hmm. I really like that series. Um, I Funko Pops, right? Good source of nostalgia. I think they've they've managed to bank nostalgia, but done so in a way where they're not making action figures they're making vinyl figures that you can display you can mm-hmm. display your nerd you can display your nerd your nerdisms your nerdums because i'm actually i really noticed this because a while ago on my birthday actually i was at the mall we walked inside the disney store and there was a section of disney products that were all 90s as in 90s designs 
90s um like there was a goofy movie lunchbox that i haven't seen since 1995 i'm looking at this going there the 90s are making a comeback it's kind of like oh please no the 90s were not a good time it's weird because we are the nostalgia generation brandon you and i were the nostalgia generation we look back we people kids like us were like looking back it's like yeah i remember this fondly but in reality, I'd rather have my iPhone in 2018 than I would have no phone in, two, in 1997. Yeah, I think it's one of those things. You know, people keep keep hearing, you know, I heard this a lot when like Adventure Time and Chowder and mm-hmm. things were on Cards and Network and people were like, uh, these shows aren't as good as yeah, the constant, Laboratory or The Power constant of debate of like, man, my cartoons were better back in the day. It's like, yeah, because we were 12. That's when everything's better. And uh, the fact is, no, they weren't. Like these show, like Adventure Time is better than Dexter's Laboratory. Ooh. Yeah, I'll say it. Like, okay. It, it, though, because they were made for different audiences. Yeah. Dexter's Laboratory is a classic TV series where every episode resets to zero. Mm-hmm. Adventure Time was a modern TV series that progressed the story. Avatar: The Last Airbender. Avatar: The Last Airbender. Uh, it's post Avatar: The Last Airbender and pre Avatar: The Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you think about the idea that you know how, what can bank on nostalgia, Samurai Jack. Mm-hmm. Very nostalgic to come back. Oh yeah, but progress the story in a new way. Mm-hmm. You need to to keep nostalgia going. Saying, "Hey, remember this," isn't enough. Mm-hmm. You need to do something where the audience doesn't feel like this. Might I be keep talking about Lion King? Yeah. Like, hey, Li- Lion King, do something different. Mm-hmm. Show me why the why this is worthy of a new thing. Yeah. Don't just package it again and be like, "Hey, remember this?" Yeah. It's so it's kind of like Beauty and the Beast, where it's where you watch it as in you watch it with nostalgia goggles on. Because yeah. I can, oh God, there's a movie I was thinking about the other day where I was like, if I, because when I was a kid, I loved it. But if I were to watch it again, it, oh, I know what, Street Sharks. Holy shit. Yeah. I remember Street Sharks was on Netflix. This was like a few years ago. I was surfing the Netflix and I found it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to watch this because I had nostalgia goggles on. I had the toys when I was a kid. I loved the theme song when I was younger. I was like, Street Sharks are awesome. I could not get through 15 minutes of that episode because it was so god-awfully bad. Yeah, there's a lot of animated shows that I watched as a kid that are like that. Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd Century. Anybody remember that? No. Holy shit. Let me tell you about Real quickly, we got plenty of time. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you about Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd Century. Okay, go for it. Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd Century is an animated Fox TV series that came out around the time as Godzilla and Men in Black animated TV series. All right. Um, Oh, God, I remember both of those shows. Yeah, right? Animated by the same people. Okay. So... It was at the end of Sherlock Holmes' story when he falls up, when he and Moriarty uh, fall off the bridge. He is cryogenically frozen, and in a hundred years, oh wait, he was frozen in the nineteenth century. In three hundred years, he is thawed out, made young again, and solves crimes in the twenty-second century. I'm now getting some vague flashbacks. The theme seen- song went like this. Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd century. Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd century. It was great. It's not great. <laughs> but I have serious nostalgia goggles on for that show. Okay. <laughs> like that show is... Whole b- if they want to bring that show back, 
Please fucking do. You know, yeah, that's the f bomb of the episode. Right, that's fine. That's fine. No, because I because I'm now getting vague um, flashbacks of seeing uh, promos for Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd century. It was weird. I never watched it because I w- I wanted to watch Godzilla and Digimon. That's what I was watching. Yeah, that Godzilla image was pretty good too. Yeah, uh, actually, uh, it holds up. Well, to be fair. funny thing is because I remember watching it recently. Well, like five years recently, and like man, the acting is not that good, but the fight scenes were great. Yeah, it's really well choreographed. Anyway, I think Disney is the, back to our conversation, Mm -hmm. I think Disney is the one company, and they're more obviously, you know, we see them with remakes and reboots, Robocop didn't Mm -hmm. work. Uh, I think Disney is the one that has both found, that has found out how to market to the nostalgia crowd and make a lot of money off of it. You see, I I think they're, I want to know how deep can that, well, go. Well, here's my, um, our counter to that, whereas I think I know the company, if I had to pick any company that I know of, there's one company that has the nostalgia on point, whereas they can continuously make money from nostalgia, but still bring it into a new light to make it not where it's welcome. And that company is Nintendo. Uh, explain yourself. Okay. So Nintendo, they like to release... They're now expanding their product lines. Like when we, you and I were at the mall today, we were at Box Lunch. I was walking through and they- Talk about nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like nostalgia of the store, essentially. Yeah, pretty much. So I'm walking through and I'm like, so Nintendo, they they have made um, like Ocarina of Time, um, like um, car shades. They There's like these um, uh, men's like lounge pants that are in the Zelda cartridge with all with the designs of the 8-bit Zelda stuff. Um, the NES controller as a journal. Like, essentially, if it's, like, classic NES or Super Nintendo, they can put it on something but still make it useful, like a journal or dishware or whatever. They, they can make mo- they've made money on it. And, of course, we remember a few years ago when the NES Classic came out and those things were selling like hotcakes. Yeah, those things sold out crazy. But why didn't it work with Sony? Because Nintendo has better titles and also... So I think... Because so here's, so here's the thing. Because Sony... Because Nintendo knew what they were going to do. That's because people were thinking there's going to be an N64 classic. There's no news of it yet. Whereas I want to feel like Sony was trying to follow the bandwagon, and also the games that they decided to put on that on their uh, retro console weren't all that good. Whereas you compare the titles from the Super Nintendo or NES classic to the Sony classic, there's a lot more recognizable titles that even gamers who are a lot younger than we are would recognize. It's like, oh yeah, I know Mario. Oh yeah, I know Zelda. Oh, these were the like the first ones of the franchise that everyone knows now. Okay, sure. Oh, look at this. What the hell is Wild Arms? What's Wild Arms? It's a game that's on the Sony classic. Never heard of it. Exactly. Only like true super hardcore gamers would know, and even I grew up with the PlayStation. A lot of the titles that I want to see on a Sony Classic, a uh, PlayStation Classic, weren't on there. Do you think Fantastic Beasts is banking on nostalgia? I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How so? Um, because it's one of those things like, hey, you love Harry Potter. Here's what happened before. It's tr- kind of like playing a Star Wars in a way, where it's like this is what happened before all the stuff you know. But I don't think Star oh, Star Wars: Phantom Menace does lean heavily on nostalgia. You're right. You know, you're right. It is, Fantastic Beasts of the Crimes of Grindelwald is very much. Hey, remember this thing? Harry, remember this thing? Harry, remember yeah, this it's thing? It's like, hey, remember these? Like, like you were telling him, t- telling during reviews, saying you could only hear the. Sp- they'll only say the spells we know. Accio, Expelliarmus. Yeah, that really bugs me. It's yeah. just a nitpick, but it just bugs yeah. me. But it's one of those things like, hey, remember, it's one of those, it's like, hey, remember this. Whereas, like, what when I said during the review, I remember loving Harry Potter, and now I see a new Fantastic Beast movie directed by David Yates. It's like, 
A, I don't want to see David Yates direct another Harry Potter movie ever again. I don't know. I don't know what the line is for me. Like, yeah. I don't know. For me specifically, I, I don't know. I guess it's I don't want to be reminded that I'm being reminded of something. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. It's like I don't want the movie to be like, hey, remember this? Hey, remember this? Mm-hmm. Hey, remember this? Hey, remember this? And I don't want to go, like, oh, I remember all that. I don't want to be blinded by it. I want to be enjoying the story and the nostalgia is incidental right. to that story. Right. So like for remakes, I think a, uh, I think I think that's what Disney does well but mm-hmm. also not well disney definitely walks that line they'll they'll release something like peach dragon which relies on no nostalgia whatsoever because mm-hmm. nobody watched that movie even when it came out i had it on vhs but i never watched it look it's not good like twice. I, I have a i have a soft spot for it that new and the new peach dragon is really great mm-hmm. i like the new cinderella but i acknowledge that it's a lot of hey Cinder- remember cinderella it's like hey remember the problem with cinderella and the prince well he's more fleshed out this time well, but even then, it's just it's just repackaging something. You're just repackaging something, and, mm-hmm. and you're selling it. Uh, you're selling it. You're selling it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to go there, but yeah. Um, but Disney has has me in a way where a new Lion King movie, I'll be there. Yeah, like I'll I'll see it. And I I will not lie. Like Ryan will say that he's a Marvel shill. Anything that Marvel puts out, he's gonna buy. I'm oh not a good question. Yeah, I'm not afraid to say that I'm a Nintendo shill. I have an SNES and an NES classic, and I just got my Nintendo Switch Online activated, and as a free download with it, I could play classic NES games that aren't on my um, little miniature console, and I could also go to the GameStop and buy NES Joy-Cons that will work with that system. So it's like I have a portable NES. I have a good question for you. Go for it. How long do you think until Marvel relies on nostalgia? I don't think Marvel does because... No, I don't think they do, but how long do you think they, until they do? I don't know. I w- do you think that's ever a line they might cross? Well, I don't think so. Because one of the... Because hmm. one of the, the reasons why I also brought up nostalgia is because I've been noticing a lot more arcades are popping up. Like, well, my favorite story... Tons of arcades are popping up, yeah. Like Lost Levels in Claremont and in Fullerton. They're not paying me to say this. I just love that store personally. And you know what else about those arcades? A lot of them are bars. They are. Which means they are catering they towards know. our generation and well, not the younger ones. Well, Lost Levels isn't, but it's still... It's a used I mean, there's game. still places like Neon and yeah. Lost Levels. Oh, yeah. But... It's these these old school places. Cause I remember a few years ago where a used video game store didn't have that long a life. Now they have a life because they're also not only selling older video games, they're also getting product like lanyards, apparel, hats, t-shirts, you name it. And they even toys. Places like that often get uh, exclusive Funko Pops. Exactly. Yeah. Like GameStop, they get ex- exclusive Funko Pops. Yeah, but GameStop's not doing too great. True. But it's weird because I want to say... Maybe like 20 years down the line, Marvel will start getting nostalgic. Uh, that's my guess. If that, they're still around. If there's, Yeah, if Marvel's still around. Well, it's, it's Marvel. They're owned by Disney now, so they probably will be. No, even bubbles pop. True. Bubbles do pop. Every, every, every bubble pops. And it's only a matter mm-hmm. of when. It's yeah. never a matter of if. Well, I'm also noticing a lot of flashbacks to the 90s. Yeah, like, and I hate it. Well, because here's, here's my thing. Um... I remember watching a movie, like an old school World War II movie. I forgot what it was, but then my grandfather was like, oh, yeah, I used to have one of those things. Like, you see that thing that one character's using? I had that when I was a kid. Now I'm watching the first trailer for Cap- the first Captain Marvel trailer, and she falls into a blockbuster, and I'm thinking, holy crap, I remember going to my local blockbuster. I think before I just I realized when Marvel starts using nostalgia, it's Captain Marvel. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> no, but you're right. Uh, the first Captain Marvel trailer, the blockbuster popped up, I'm like, oh, blockbuster. Yeah. 
but I don't think I think it's incidental to the plot. I, I like that. Ready Player One. The plot is nostalgia. Yeah. Uh, places like, man, this is a tough question because I don't know. Because I am such a nostalgic person because I, I think our current situation is horrible and I want to die. Mm-hmm. Or we want to go back to when things were bright. Because there's this, there's this great time about post. I should have looked it up. I told myself to look it up before the show and I didn't. Damn you, me. That Damn you, past me. Yeah. Where the, the gist was is that the reason us 80s and 90s kids are so angry, depressed, sad today is because we're bitter because the world we were promised wasn't what we got. And now we're trying to make it better but the older generation is still holding us back. That's essentially and like... That's why we go into it's nostalgia. Like, yeah, it's like, hey, go to college, you gotta get a j- good job. We went to college, where's a good job? Oh, you have to work for it. We did. How come we're not doing the thing? Well, too bad. Yeah, and I think that's why we get into the nostalgia idea. Yeah. I mean, we have so many... I mean, you look behind you. We have, I have so many comics, I have so many movies. Mm-hmm. Um, all of it is to... Uh, uh, I dropped my thing. Uh, all the All the... Pop figures I have. Yeah. I'm very careful about what pop figures I have. I definitely only go for the pop figures where I'm like, I like this thing and I want that figure of it. Yeah. But if it's not a pop figure, then it's probably too expensive. Although, goddamn, I might put out for those Godzilla figures. <laughs> you, the ones for the King of the Monsters? They look so good. They did. They released those photos. They look so great. But yeah, I'm the same way. I'm not going to go out and buy every single oh, Godzilla. Pop. I have huge nostalgia for that. Yeah. Like when you were talking about the Rugrats uh, live action TV show or uh, live action movie that's going to come out. I have huge nostalgia. Oh, I remember. We talked about that a while ago. Yeah, I have nostalgia for Rugrats, but at the same time, I'm part of that. Like, yes, I would remember Rugrats. I'll probably rewatch old episodes, but I don't want that. But the newer generation, the the movie that it's going to target or for the demographic, they're not going to know what it is. Girl Meets World is a use of nostal- of Disney using nostalgia right because it's got older char- the characters from the old series that the adults know, but it's not about them. It's about the new kids. It's about Riley. It's about her friends. It's about them. But then you got Will Friedle's Mr. Squirrels coming in. It's like, I remember Mr. Squ- like the parents in the back watching going, I remember Mr. Squirrel. He was funny. Mr. Matthews? Mr. Squirrels. Eric? Mr. Mr. Squirrel. What, what, no, what was it? Uh Oh, it was it was Mr. Matthews, Mr. Squirrels. Eric plays with cuz it was plays with squirrels. Uh. His name is Plays with Squirrels. Uh that show is great. Uh-huh. Uh Bro- 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 is a great show. Yeah, Kermit's World was really good. Mhm. It was it that definitely w- played off a, played off the good nostalgia. It was it was a show for kids and a show for adults. Like <laughs> the adults who liked Boy Meets World could mm-hmm. watch it and the in the audience who never saw 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 Gromit's appointments world could watch it. Mm-hmm. That's what I wa- that's what I was talking about with Kim Possible. Yeah. Why not make it for both? Yeah. It's kinda like it, going back to Smash Bros. earlier today. You start off with the original eight, but guess what? You got seventy other characters to unlock. So you still have those original eight that you loved when you were a kid, but now you have more. So the newer generation could be like, oh I want to play as Sonic or Mega Man and boom, there you go. You don't so have to you worry think, about it. So you think Disney and Nintendo. Nintendo has, per- I feel like Nintendo has perfected it, so it's like not in your face, and they don't. I mean, they're still pushing their newer stuff, but once again, like the Nintendo NES online capability, it's one of those like neat little nuggets where it's like, yeah, you can still play online with your friends, and here's a little uh, nostalgia treat for you if you're interested, and I'm interested in that. I do think Nintendo. I don't think anybody can perfect nostalgia because it's all about like what kind of nostalgia you're looking forward to mm-hmm. doing. I do think that Nintendo and Disney are refining it. Yeah. I don't think they've refined it. I don't think they've perfected. I think they are in the process of refining it. Because with like, because with a bunch of old games like the Sega Genesis, there are Sega Genesis collections, 
But what kind of ticks me off is that none of those collections. Oh man, remember Rare Replay? Uh huh. Nostalgia as hell. Yeah. Like I would, I would, I almost, want, I almost got that to play. To play Banjo Kazooie. No. Conker's Fur Day. Conker. Yeah. I almost got that to play Conker's Bad Fur Day. Yeah. Whereas for for me, I am looking at these Sega Genesis um collections. And yeah, that's uh, another video game thing, but none of them have Moonwalker. Oh. I have a bunch of copies of Sonic the Hedgehog, but I want to play Michael Jackson's Moonwalker, and hey, I can't. The Lego games? The Lego video games? Yeah, they're nostalgic. They're nostalgic, definitely. Like uh, Dimensions, that was nostalgic. Yeah, super nostalgic. Mm-hmm. GoldenEye 007, uh, the remake for the Wii. Yeah. That, that was, was that was banking just solely off of nostalgia, and like, hey, here's online play for GoldenEye, which sadly that never but really also that anywhere. was like hey remember Goldeneye yeah here's it with Daniel Craig mm-hmm. like that was kind of them being like we'll give you we'll give you nostalgia and push and give you something new yeah. if you don't have nostalgia for it but at least with Nintendo they still hold on to their game most of their games so people can still play said games yeah yeah I don't know man this is um it's it's a really weird fine line. It doesn't just do deal with like because it, it, it deals with television shows. It deals with comic books. It deals with a whole bunch of it. It depends on what we're willing to take. Yeah. Like what we're what it's it's definitely it, it's a case by case basis in the sense that if you're up for dealing with something as nostalgic as mm-hmm. as as uh, a remake or more nostalgic as like Christopher Robin. Mm-hmm. Um, it if you're into that, you're always going to be into that. Right. But if you're not, you're not. Yeah. So it's definitely a case by case basis. You and I are definitely more inclined to take a movie like Christopher Robin and a movie like Beauty and the Beast and a movie like The Lion King because that's. Uh, I realize I just named Disney, but Disney. You know, I'm not a Nintendo guy like you. I'm, mm-hmm. uh, but Disney. Well, is, I just have another another thing of where nostalgia was worked out right. So go. So no, go ahead. I want to know what it is. Sonic Mania. Sure. Okay. Because it's 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 for the newer generation, but it took older stages, remixed them, and it's the best Sonic game that we've gotten in years. I'm wearing a T-shirt that's 16-bit Sonic era, and I'm glad that people that Sega, the company itself, still re- is like, we remember our past, but let's still try to move forward with the future. Where Sonic Mania, it's like, it's it was a mix of both, where it's classic 2D, but they implemented new mechanics to the game to make it better and a lot of people like prefer that over the new 3D game that Sonic Team developed. It's also a difficult thing to define. Oh yeah, definitely. Because what is nostalgia versus just doing something new? Mm-hmm. You know? Like Sonic Sonic Mania, wouldn't that just be them doing something new? Are they really banking on you remembering something to, oh, yeah. to make this good? Oh yeah, they were... Me- they were Sonic Mania was like, we need to make a good, son- uh, just a classic, regular 2D Sonic game. So they did. So uh, just a group of passionate Sonic fans made a classic 2D game. Sega gave them a job to make a fully fledged game, said, all right, make new zones. What ideas do you have for new zones? And they threw in Sonic Easter eggs in there like a that, madman. But is, but is that not just building something new from something old? How is that different? How, is that different from nostalgia? It's nostalgia. I would say half of it is. Because the first half of the stage of like the of the classic stages, you're like, oh, I remember the stage. But then when you get to the second act, it's completely new. The backgrounds seem familiar. It's like, oh, but this is new. Like in Chemical Plant Zone, Act Two of Chemical Plant Zone is not the same as it was in Sonic Two as it is in Sonic Media. It's they're completely different levels. Yeah, I don't know if I if I'm. I don't know if I if I believe that that's also nostalgia. I would I would say it's nostalgia done right, as in mm-hmm. it's something I remember, it's something I'm familiar with, but it's new and it's not going to overstay its welcome. 
Whereas if they just keep releasing the same Sonic the Hedgehog 2 over and over and over again, it's like, okay, cool, another way for me to play Sonic the Hedgehog 2 from the Genesis that I have 20 copies of where I could play anywhere I want. All right, so nostalgia is defined. I just want to, I want to know. Okay. Nostalgia is defined a sentimental longing or wistful affection for the past, typically for a period or place with happy personal associations. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think if we go by that... I think something like Sonic Mania isn't banking on nostalgia. I think they're trying to do something new. Mm-hmm. I think they are building mm-hmm. off of what's come before. Much like Green Lantern. Let's take Green Lantern. Okay. When Jeff Johns rebooted Green Lantern and brought back Hal Jordan, he didn't make a series of callbacks. He built off of what was ca- what came before and p- and paved the new path. Yeah, he built I, on the of Hal realizing that he was Parallax, how he was the Spectre, and now he's a Green Lantern again. But he built off something that Alan Moore did. He didn't go back and be like, hey, remember Alan Moore's run? Mm-hmm. He built off of it. I think that's kind of what you're talking about with Sonic Mania. Okay. Mind you, I've not played it, nor do I have nostalgia for Sonic. True. Um, but I think that's perhaps what Nintendo is doing isn't necessarily nostalgia, but it is, in fact, paving a new path, building on what had come before. Because mm-hmm. I think there's a different... There's also... you got to be aware there's a lot of people that erase what had come before and try to build something off of the rubble. Like but, I rem- like remember when um, you told me the story where Kevin Smith was writing Batman and D- and he wrote a line where Batman says old chum and DC editorial said you can't say that and Kevin's like why not yeah he was writing a Batman comic and he said old chum mm-hmm. uh, you can't say it because it's the the sixties the sixties Batman we were trying to get away from that uh, that was a case of DC erasing mm-hmm. but saying old chum isn't nostalgic no it is still but it is acknowledging its past mm-hmm. and I think. I think that's the way to go about storytelling is building off of what had come before. That's what I think that's why the Marvel Cinematic Universe is so successful is because and it keeps building off of what had come before. Girl Meets World, whether we mentioned earlier, build on what came before. Yeah, but uh, you know, but Girl Meets World, I would say, I banked on a little bit of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Like you were talking about Kim Possible, that because when I heard that they were doing a new Kim Possible, I was hoping it was going to be continuation of the cartoon. Hearing By the way, just, I do not care about your opinion on that. Don't at me. Okay. But as now that you told me that it's like, oh, they're rebooting the series or they're quote unquote rebooting it from the very beginning, I was like, no, I'm not interested in that. It's just name recognition at I mean, that point. To be fair, you wouldn't have been interested anyway. Yeah, true. It's I'm I'm, I'm kind of over Kim. I mean, I still look upon the Kim Possible episodes that I used to watch quite fondly. It was a great show. I loved it. Wilfred L is a uh, Ron Stoppable. Mm-hmm. Chrissy Carlson Romano is Kim Possible herself. Is that who that is? Chrissy Carlson Romano, yeah. That's cool. Fun I don't fact, know who that is. Fun fact, also the voice of Yuffie in Final Fantasy VII Advent Children and the Kingdom Hearts series. I have seen Advent Children. Ah, and that she was the voice of Yuffie. I do not remember this character. The ninja. It has been a really long time. I remember Spirits <laughs> Within more than I remember Advent oh, Children. Oh, that's the one I haven't seen, and I heard that was shit. I remember enjoying it. <laughs> okay. It's been quite a while. All right. Uh, the animation's really strange in those. Yeah, that was er- that was er- that was early. Yeah, you know, Advent Children, nostalgia. Oh God, Square knows how popular Final Fantasy VII is, and they bank on that like a mother effer. I don't know. I don't think we're qualified enough to talk about something like this. I, well, I was like talking about nostalgia or Square banking on Final Fantasy VII because no, I sure as hell know I'm qualified for that. No nostalgia, because okay. because the whole thing is like, there's. Do we just lump it all together in in anything that calls back to a to a past thing? Is that nostalgia, or? Is something like Girl Meets World or uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe mm-hmm. or well, I'm the thing is I don't know if like the Marvel Cinematic Universe counts as nostalgia. Does it count? 
No, I don't think it, I don't think it's yeah. But I'm using it as an as an example of building on what has come before. Um, like, what's the difference between building on to building on something and nostalgia? Because I think Christopher Robin is a, is a nostalgia trip, but I don't think Hook is. If that makes sense. No, I think Hook builds on the Peter Pan story and explores it more. Whereas, oh shoot, you're right. That's, yeah, right. That, that's a, that's good. Yeah. I don't know what the I don't know if there is a difference, and I don't know if I consider there to be a difference, well, but I feel like there should be. Because at the same time, I'm not that I wouldn't call Christopher Robin a nostalgia trip. I would call Christopher Robin a sequel in an essence of you. Rem- this is what happens when Christopher is older, and how sure. But would you put that in the same vein as say Sherlock Holmes, which is which in itself acts as a sequel to the to the to the novels? I haven't seen Sherlock Holmes. The Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. Oh, um, maybe the so. I don't think those are nostalgic. No, no. I mean, they're the building off of Sherlock Holmes mythos and doing and paving a new a new road. Mm-hmm. I don't think Christopher Robin builds off of Winnie the Pooh. I think it's it's kind of well. I think it's good, and I don't want to discredit any, uh, that that film. That was a good movie. I did enjoy it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's doing that. I think it's being like, hey, remember Winnie the Pooh? Mm-hmm. This is Winnie the Pooh, but Christopher Robin's an old man, right? Old man Christopher Robin Ryan's favorite trope. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I I don't mm, I don't know. Yeah, that's weird. It's a tough question. Yeah, because mm, like what, when I was mentioning with Sonic Mania earlier, because it does build on what happened before, like the whole difference of the stages and the remixing and stuff. Right. Exactly. I wouldn't consider that nostalgia. I would though, because it's like this is stuff I remember, but they're also bringing me something new. Like the first half of Green Hill Zone, same as it was in the Sega Genesis. Maybe hasn't I been don't touched. like nostalgia. Maybe. Maybe I just like it when they do something new. Like, Ray Player One, the reason why I like Ray Player One so much is because they're tell- telling me all these deep cut things that I actually went and did the research for, and I realized what was going on. Like, it was like, oh, I recognize that. I'm not... Yeah, that's nostalgia. Yeah. In the it's... worst way. <clears throat> Elaborate. We did an entire book club oh, special th- on right. this. that's yeah. <laughs> right. That's right, we did, damn. I'm not going to rehash any of it. Nope. Someone actually, a funny story, someone actually asked me, so I was like, yeah, I think Fantastic Beasts and the Crimes of Grindelwald is one of the worst, Harry, is the worst Harry Potter film in the entire franchise. Ooh, what'd they say? They were like, why do you think that? And I was like, look, I did an entire hour on it. I'm not, you just listen to my <laughs> podcast about it. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> we talked about it for an entire hour. I'm we good. did. I'm not going to do that again. I said my blue eyes, white dragon. What? Oh. The blue eyes, white dragons. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know that's not. Grindelwald's I, eyes. Yeah. What a shit movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you like it, more power to you. But hey, I don't want to take. I don't want to take anybody's. Um, I don't want to take away anybody's like enjoyment of something. Mm-hmm. If you like it, that is you own that. Yeah. Oh, even like when we were talking about Phantom Menace, one of my favorite movie posters for Phantom Menace was the one with um Jake Lloyd Webber, the little kid. Isn't it just Jake Lloyd? Oh, Jake that, Lloyd. Did you just combine Andrew Lloyd Webber with Fudge. Jake Lloyd? I thought his last name was Webber. Andrew Lloyd Webber is shit. No, okay. So <laughs> Jake, famous, you're right. <laughs> he's a famous uh, writer, God damn it, playwright, playwright. So Jake Lloyd, it's Jake Lloyd walking from Tatooine, but the shadow yes, is Jake Lloyd Webber, the famous writer. Shut of the opera. <laughs> Shut up. And cats, <laughs> fudge off. No, but Jake Lloyd is walking, and the shadow that's being cast on the building behind him is that Darth of Vader. Darth Vader. That's damn. my favorite poster. Foreshadowing, yes. Nostalgia completely because you know this kid's going to I think Phantom become... Menace leans on nostalgia more than the other two prequel films. I think so too because the only 
reference of nostalgia I would see in like say Attack of the Clones is the plans for the Death Star. Yeah. And then of course in Revenge of the Sith, it's like this is how it all ties in together. You see you hear Luke and Leia and the exoskeleton of the Death Star. You see the Imperial officers wearing their stuff, and then that is it. Go on to episode four, you're done. Or Rogue One if you want to. Yeah, go to Rogue One. Yeah. It exists in the canon. Mm-hmm. There's as many Star Wars films as there are Harry Potter films. Huh. I think Star Wars is stronger at this point. I think actually <laughs> I think I Star Wars is a stronger film I right think, now. I think so, especially with when I hear a new Star Wars movie coming out, I'm thinking, yes, I want to go see that. Whereas when I hear of another Harry Potter film, I'm thinking, I'm kind of done. Episode 7 deals with nostalgia. Oh, yes. Yes. I knew there was. Episode 7 deals ton with nostalgia. You're right. I was talking about this with someone someone at work. Episode 7 is super nostalgic. I don't think episode 7 paves a new path. I think it just deals with what we already know and kind of goes, hey, remember this thing that you know? Hey, Mm -hmm. remember this thing that you know? Mm -hmm. That's why we get a desert planet again. That's why we get a superstar destroyer again, whatever. Death Star. I don't care. Starkiller base. Yeah, it's so dumb. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the only thing where I was like, Neil deGrasse Tyson, I don't mind if you crush this. Because, <laughs> you know, he is famously, he yeah, takes he, all the fun away from, from watching a movie. Like Gravity. I, like Gravity. Mm-hmm. Like Star Trek. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, uh, I haven't seen it, but. There's uh, Star Trek 09? Oh, well, I have, Star Trek 09. Of course, I've seen Star Trek 09, but I haven't seen him destroy hey, the Trek science. Star Trek 09 is not very nostalgic. No. It's actually not at all. Well, well Star Trek for Star Trek 09, I want to say Star Trek 09 was a gateway for me, a younger generation, to open up and accept and start watching the original series of Star Trek because that's what only, happened. The only bit of nostalgia is the fact that it's the original series crew. Mm-hmm. I think that was kind of my fear with Star Trek Discovery is that it was going to be too nostalgic. Hey, remember this thing? Yeah. Whereas Star, really where Star Trek 09 was like, yeah, it's the same crew, but it's a different universe because, you know, space and science fiction. And after seeing 09... I'm like, no, I want to watch original Star Trek episodes. That's what made me into a Star Trek fan. How many of the original Star Trek episodes did you watch? Ooh, I want to say about a season and a half worth. Season and a half's worth. Not very good, are they? It, they were made in the '60s, there dude. Some, I, there are some gems. Like one of my favorite episodes was when they uh, go to a planet where the Cold War was fought, the Comms and the Yangs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and that one guy was like, "This man has has they discovered immortality." And then, like Jim gives us like rousing speech about the Constitution <laughs> of the United States. Yeah, I remember his the 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 speech he gives. Um, what's the how's the preamble? It's like these words, these words. We the people. Yeah, that that. In order to form a more perfect union, <laughs> establish justice. Mm-hmm. Like he just like talks. This is the preamble. Yeah, he just the, de- talks about the, the, independ- the, the Declaration Constitu- of Independence. No, that's the Constitution. I don't care. Um, <laughs> We're, our country's burning down anyway. Who yeah. cares? It was that and also the the famous triple episode. Uh, yeah, uh, Trouble with Triples. I kind of didn't like that one as much. I it, love that episode. It was overhyped for me. Oh, it's one of the best episodes of the series. No, but there are You some... should see the sequel episode, Trials and Tribulations from Deep Space Nine. Oh. It's very good. They All go right. back in time and they splice the DS9 characters in within that original episode. Oh, that's cool. It's awesome. That is cool. Anyway. Anyway, I it, got nothing more to say about this one. Well, what, okay, what? so one last question, then we can wrap up. Um, yeah. Do you, with this huge nostalgia bomb or nostalgia train that we're going on, how long do you think this will last until people just stop caring about things of the past and just want new stuff? Do you think it's going to last for a while, or do you think there will always be a nostalgia thing? Look, you need to. We need to make new properties. Like, right? We need new IP. Obviously, that is something that is clear mm-hmm. because. As an audience, 
we're we're right now the audience going to the movies. Mm-hmm. The next generation is coming up fast. Yeah, that next generation doesn't give a shit Mm-mm. about a lot of the things that we love. Like if they made a Dexter's Laboratory live action film, I don't want them to. But let's say they made a Dexter's Laboratory. You live action scared film. me for a second. I thought they actually were. I was like, no, no, what? No. You know what? Okay, let's say something that could be cool. Let's say they make a Samurai Jack live action film. I would totally go see. I'd that. be into that. Uh, if they want, if they did that in twenty years, I, I think that the audience for that movie would not exist, or not in the way that it would be. That would be good. And I get that the industry is hesitant to take chances on new IP mm-hmm. because not a lot of it does well. No. But we need new IP. We really do because we can't just keep recycling the same thing. Right. And I don't. And this, again, like I said, every bubble pops. It's a matter of when, mm-hmm. never if. Never if. The Marvel superhero bubble will pop. The nostalgia bubble will pop. Mm-hmm. What happens after? People need to start preparing for that. And I think the way to do it is start taking some chances. Start taking some chances on some new IP. That's why I'm lamenting Fox going away. Because Fox didn't deal with nostalgia. No. They kept going. They kept trying new things. They kept taking risks. A lot of those risks kept paying off. Uh, we need more studios to do that. We need more networks to do that. We need new IP. We can't keep recycling the same thing. Again, like I said, it'll pop. Mm-hmm. And when it does, if we don't have a contingency plan, if we don't have, if we don't, if we haven't already prepared for that pop, then we could be seeing a dramatic collapse. All right. Now, my if you don't mind me, my answer to that question is it, I do mind. Well, of course, I don't mind. All right. All right. Is that I think it's going to happen within ten to fifteen years, where people are just going to not care anymore. I actually kind of see it now, where I'm like, I'm on, I'm scrolling on my Facebook page, and it's like, hey, do you remember Our Real Monsters? You could watch it again on Verve, or like, because a lot of the old Nicktoons are on Verve now. And as happy as that makes me, I don't want to watch as much as I will advocate, as much as I love the old Nicktoons, Cat Dog, Our Real Monsters, the original Rugrats, all that Rocket Power. Rocket Power. All grown up. Love Rocket Power. Hey, man, All Grown Up was pretty good. It was all right. I, I was. It. it was all right. Remember that episode of Rugrats where they did it, where Chucky did Wonderful Life? Yeah, I do. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> that was weird. But those will always be, those. I will always remember those fondly, but I don't want to watch them again. If I were to watch any show, it would be the continuation of Hey Arnold because the question of what happened to his parents still hasn't been answered for me. I know the movie's out, but I haven't been able to watch it yet. Does the movie answer what happened to his parents? I don't know. I haven't watched it yet. Oh. Let me know. I will. But besides that, I mean, I don't have a kid yet at all. I don't, I don't plan to have one for a while, so they're going to be watching their own shows. And- now, I want to I be clear, by the way. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think there's any problem with doing remakes. No. And I don't think there's any problem doing nostalgia, but I think the atmosphere that we've created, where we're only doing things like this, yeah, it's it's wearing its work. Not only, it's primarily what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I think it's dangerous. Yeah, and I think we need to prepare. Yeah, for the end of it. Yeah. Any more? Let's get out of here. I think we should get out of here. Okay. Yeah. Pretty short episode. Yeah. That's going to be it. No book club. No. Uh, next week will be my book club, and I pick Claws. Sweet. This was a book club we did from way back when, from the first cycle of the book club. Uh, but this we're going to be doing again because now we all read it. Yeah. Uh, which was not something we did in the beginning. Nope. 
Um, so definitely check that one out, and we'll I'll be a little bit more active on social media this week. Uh, I was very busy this week, and I just didn't. Uh, so this week has some social media. Uh, also coming up, we have next week the CW crossovers, Elseworlds. Mm-hmm. Going to be great. Uh, I hope uh, the debut of Batwoman in the CW verse. Oh, she got a mention in a in the latest in the Flash 100 episode, by the way. Really? Yeah. Apparently, uh, during the whatever crisis situation Barry Allen disappeared in, mm-hmm. um, Batwoman was there. Oh. I think we're I think we're leading up to Crisis of Infinite Earths. All right, all right. I'm hoping that uh, I'm hoping we're 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 going to see the end of the shows be Crisis of Infinite Earths. Like that's where the they're done. Yeah. Done. Okay. Right. Well, also next next week, um, this might not go out the same day, but certainly after we will have a review special of Spider Man into the Spider Verse mm-hmm. with our friend friend of the show, the Key uh, Thief, the Key Thief. Jen. A.K.A. Jen. Yeah, so that, definitely take a look at that one. Yeah. Uh, should be a lot of fun. Yeah, sh- quick little sign on that. She messaged me a few weeks ago with all, all caps like, I have a request. Can I please run the show when you guys do Spider-Verse? Because I really want to. Because she's apparently an animation major, and mm-hmm. she has some insight about that movie. That'd be cool to have. That'd be cool to have. Oh, yeah. Um, we are... Uh, we love animation. We do. But we we're not as into it as someone like her, as she would be. Nope. Well, also, I can't draw for shit, so. Oh, we appreciate the form of animation. Oh, yes, we do. Right. Uh, and then after that, our last episode of the, of the, of the year, 2018, with a, with a double review of Aquaman and Bumblebee. Oh, <laughs> boy. Yeah, that'll be our last episode of 2018, but have no fear. There was one more special after that, <laughs> our Christmas special. Yay. Were you about to do the Jason thing? No, I was oh. trying to do like the, the jingle, jingle bells? bells. Yeah, that's not what jingle bells sound like, buddy. Re, re, oh, no, that's psycho. That's psycho. <laughs> My God, man. <laughs> um, and also, I'll take it. Uh, also, the God of War review special is up now. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to take a look at our thoughts of the game of the year, God of War game of the year, yeah, check it out now. And um, that'll do it. Oh yeah, this was fun, Ben. It was. Uh, can't wait to have the rest of the guys here next week. Yeah, uh, we have a we are a Funko affiliate yes, as we are. always. Um, use promo code Shop Ten for ten percent off your purchase. You have to click the link in the description, or mm-hmm. it doesn't work. Yeah, so uh, help us. I mean, the promo code works, but 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 help us. It doesn't help us if you don't help us, please. Um, I'm also going to be setting up a Patreon. What? Uh, I think we're going to launch that in the new year. What? Uh, I figure it's about time. Hey, like I said, worst case scenario, nobody does anything. We're no, we're no worse off. I got one more of me. What? All right, don't do that. <laughs> I feel condescended. I feel condescended now. Uh, thank you to everyone who listens. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, without you guys, there is no show. Um, thank you to Jeremy Vellucci, who does our Instagram at Jeremy Vellucci Keyboards. Uh, he does our theme music and frequent collaborator, our intro segments. Uh, you can f- he also has a podcast called mm-hmm. Suburban Proctologist. You can find that on iTunes, facebook.com slash Suburban Proctologist Official, Instagram at Subproc Podcast. Mike Matola, again, Mike, very sorry we couldn't make it to your art opening, and very sorry you couldn't make it onto the show this week. Hopefully, we'll have you on soon for another Mike's Impossible Trivia Challenge. Which I'm going to win. Hopefully, uh, should be fun whenever that happens. But, uh, Mike, thank you for our logo mm-hmm. and the logo for Miscellaneous, mm-hmm. which was also put up last week. Mm hmm. Uh, new episode of Miscellaneous, which is my report. And let me tell you, Odin is Santa. That's weird. Hopefully, it's hopefully the, my next report isn't as bad as that one. <laughs> it was fine, <laughs> dude. Thanks. Uh, but yes, you can find him at Mike Matola on both Twitter and Instagram. 
You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at Fake Nerd Podcast, FakeNerdGuys at gmail.com. I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. You can find Ben. Ben Magnet27 on Instagram and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. Let's get some reviews out there. Let's get us out there. Mm-hmm. Come on, guys. It's been three years. We want to be famous. Yeah. Until next week, guys. Super Smash Brothers! I've got to play this now. Bye. That's a pretty good penis. What? Stay fake, nerds. <laughs>